Welcome back to another episode of Epic Communicators. Today, we're speaking to another practitioner of public speaking. His name is Alex Wickle. He's a pastor at a church in the northern parts of Chicago. He speaks a lot every month, if not a few times a month. And in addition to his church, he also speaks outside at other events. And we really wanted him to share some of his insights and tips on how to become a more effective communicator. And he did not disappoint. This is a great podcast. You're going to really enjoy some of the really insightful and helpful tips that he shares with us. So take a listen. And welcome everyone to another episode of Epic Communicators. We are going to talk to somebody very interesting today. Again, what we've been trying to do is get people who are practitioners of public speaking and communication and leadership as well. And today we have with us a pastor named Alex Wickle. Uh, obviously as a pastor, you could uh, appreciate the fact that he has a lot of public speaking that he needs to do. So welcome to our podcast, Alex. Yeah, thanks so much, Melinda and Greg. It's great to be with you today. And yes, Melinda is here as well with us. And as you've, you've listened to our podcast in the past, what we were trying to do is very briefly give you some uh, best tips and practices for your own use and uh, finding practitioners that are really good at it. Alex is great at it. And so we're just going to get right into it here. And uh, at the end, um, we might have a little bit uh, more information for you about Epic Communicators, but let's just start here. Alex, um, I'd like to get an idea how your, your speaking skill has evolved. As a pastor, obviously, you know, you go to school, you learn theology, you learn counseling, perhaps, and things of that nature. But uh, I would imagine that there's, an, there's a, a drive at some point to communicate. That's partly why you became a pastor. You wanted to speak to people. So, so maybe can you tell us, like, uh, you're a pretty young guy, so how has that occurred? Like, how did you start out, at least on that path, wanting to communicate with people? Um, and just kind of share some some background there and how you've become a public speaker, if you will. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, I, I've been in ministry and doing public speaking for about 12, a little bit more years uh, now. And I would say that it really began um, being on the other end of speaking, being listen, you know, a listener, where hearing people speak and the, the impact that that had in my life and the life change that that produced in my life really motivated me to see the value and the power of uh, effective communication and what that can do in someone's life. And so that coupled with the just the dramatic shift that I experienced in my high school years, that really sort of put the fire in me for wanting to be able to do that. Um, speaking of sort of my journey, uh, you know, just kind of a spark notes version of it, I was thrown in the deep end uh, at a pretty young age. So I was 18 and uh, our youth pastor left. And so I was put in charge of the youth group. I had just graduated high school in charge of a high school ministry and junior hires. And I had to, to speak. And so I would say that was a pretty um, formative experience, kind of just being thrown into it. Um, you know, because I think that a lot of times people can feel like they're not ready and they over prepare. And, uh, you know, so that, that really, you know, forced me to get over some of that. Then I was um, a full-time youth pastor where I was speaking two times a week. Um, and that is where I really got my reps in. So, you know, some of those messages, I'm grateful they never were recorded, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, that's true of everybody's story. And having that, that um, opportunity to just get the reps in was really crucial. And then after that, I was uh, leading a church plant that was fairly small 
Um, and that's when I started to find my voice. And then that church that I was leading merged with a larger church. And then um, I, you know, the platform that I was speaking there uh, really had a broader audience. And I had to learn how to speak to a lot of different types of people. So I would say those sort of segments in my development really shaped and formed me as a pastor in each step of the way, I would say, um, the way that I speak, the way that I approach speaking has shifted kind of with each chapter that, that passed. And, and just in general, like other than the, the experience, the experiential training that you had, have you had any other kind of background training, you know, formal academic training or, or perhaps, you know, vocational training along that lines? So yeah, that's good. I, um, not too much. It was strangely because I did a Bible degree in undergrad and then uh, I, I did a master's of, of Christian ministry in, in, for my master's. And I, would, I had one uh, public speaking class in my undergrad that wasn't specifically preaching, but it was just public speaking. And then in seminary, I had a preach, one preaching class. So I took those two classes. And I would say that both of those, interestingly, because my experiences were sort of happening before education, I would say I was more just picking up some tips and tweaking things rather than, because a lot of my sort of baseline approach to speaking was already in place before I took those courses. So I would say they were more supplementary. And I've read a couple really impactful books, specifically one is called Communicating for a Change. And if your listeners haven't read this, I highly recommend it. It's called Communicating for a Change uh, by Andy Stanley. And he talks about um, just really, I mean, he gets into the why, but also just really practical how-tos. I'd say that book was also educational and very formative in terms of how I approach speaking. So that's a little bit more of the academic baseline that, that I've had. Yes, we'll, we'll have to take a listen or, or we'll have to read that also. So you know, as a pastor and, and you talked about your history of speaking, how do you keep large audiences engaged throughout your talks? Because I believe a, a sermon or uh, a presentation probably lasts more than five minutes. So how do you keep people engaged throughout that, especially a, an audience that's varied in yeah. age and, and things of that nature? Okay, so it's a great question because we all know what it's like to sit through a boring talk. And that's true in the church world and it's true in just any form of public speaking. And so I think that's a crucial question. Uh, I, I would start here, and this is actually something that Andy Stanley says. Uh, the, the common denominator for all people is not information because some information is more relevant to some people than it is to other people. And a lot of people approach their, their talks with, I have this information to bring, but that isn't necessarily going to be engaging to every person in the room. The common denominator, he suggests, and I have found this to be true, is emotion. It's emotion. So for instance, um, I could get up there and do a sermon and say, hey, uh, here's what God wants to teach us about priorities. And some people might find that interesting, but I'm making a lot of assumptions about where people are at in the audience, and some people might not be interested in that. But if I start by saying, have you ever felt like there's more things that there's not enough time in the day to get the things done that you want to get done? Have you ever felt overwhelmed by your to-do list? That is an emotion. I'm appealing to something that everybody can relate to, to one degree or another. Or have you ever experienced betrayal by a close friend? 
See, at this point, I'm appealing to emotion and I'm creating a common ground that everyone can connect to in one way or another. I'm essentially highlighting attention. And I find that by starting there, by clarifying attention that everyone can connect with, engagement goes up through the rest of it because now they're like, yes, I identify with this emotion. I want to hear what you have to say about it. So that's number one. Oh, I'm sorry. That's great advice, but continue, please. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking, you know, that's kind of how I start. The other thing is you really got to work empathy. You really got to put yourself in the shoes of the listeners. So literally, as I'm prepping, I have names of different people with different backgrounds that I know that are all across the board in terms of their perspective. And I think to myself, how will this person hear it? How can I speak to this person? And then I'm reading the room while I'm talking. Is this landing? Is this resonating? Or do I, am I seeing just sort of glossed over eyes? And you know, the other thing you know, that I would add to this is everyone has different learning styles. So I do my best to bring a diversity of communication. So I'll bring historical background. I'll use humor. I'll tell emotional or personal stories. I'll try to come up with memorable phrases. I'll use props. I try to really mix it up because then, you know, uh, I think that you're able to hit sort of a diverse audience and try to keep as many people engaged as possible. And uh, so one little trick of the trade that I have is, um, so I do use notes but I hide it in my Bible. Um, And so if you have a notebook or something like that, I want it to look like I don't have notes because I think that, you know, some people use manuscripts and that's okay. It can be done really well. My bent is that by communicating, like I don't have notes really communicates authenticity. Like it's just off the cuff and people feel engaged by that. So I limit myself to a half sheet of paper, double-sided. So I fold it in half and it fits in my Bible and that's all the notes I get. And I use a color coding system. So I have black, which is sort of the meat and transitions. I have green, which is illustration or story. Blue is reading the text and red is a main point. And so at the end of my prep, after I've put all my information together, I wanna look at my notes and feel like I see a lot of different colors. That's how I know that I'm hitting all these different pieces. And and I think that that's a way to make sure that I'm engaging people, I'm keeping it moving, I'm mixing things up. And that's a little bit how how I approach, you know, keeping people engaged through a talk. That's just awesome. And by the way, uh, I've been to many of your sermons and you forgot to mention dance. You also engage in dance. Yeah, yeah, that's called humor. That's called humor, Greg. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) There's plenty of video on that as well. Right. Do you also do you also sing? I uh, no. I mean, other people maybe would say yes. I would say no. So, <laughs> hey, Alex. You know, with all the things that are going on right now with with COVID, and you know, everybody's sort of you know just coming out of sheltering in place. I know in the past that you were you were quite the traveler. You were at events all the time. As a matter of fact, I think two years in a row now you've gone to Africa a couple times. Um, you know, it's a lot of those things have been canceled, postponed due to COVID. Like. How has this changed for you? Are you doing more Zoom? And like, what are your plans for when this comes out? Is it going to be, you're going to continue to try and do that? And even in the church, like what are, how are they adapting at the church for this? Yeah. I mean, obviously the whole world is affected. Everything has changed. And I guess the first thing that I would want to say to people that are, you know, responding to COVID is if you're having a hard time, if this has been difficult, if it feels like you've had a hiccup in opportunities or whatever, Uh, you're not alone, that 
this has been hard for everybody. Everybody that is having to do any form of public speaking, it's been difficult. And, and that's really been true, you know, for me. I think that um, I've really had to adapt how I approach speaking because public speaking so often is, it's a conversation. Even if your audience is sitting there silent listening, it still is an exchange between those listening the one, and the one speaking. And so now I'm speaking to a camera or I'm speaking on Zoom and it, it is just so different. And it's not the same. It's not as good, I would say. Um, but I would say this is the reality that we're dealing with and we've had to respond. Practically speaking, one thing that's been really tough is humor. Humor has been really hard. Um, you know, like even in Seinfeld and, you know, what, you know, those kinds of shows, they add laugh tracks because they found that even the funny jokes people weren't laughing at when it was like a silent room and they were listening. And so that's been a, a particular challenge. I use a litmus test. I, and as I'm preparing, as I practice it, I ask myself, is this making me laugh? Do I want to laugh as I'm saying it? And if I'm like, hi, ah, it's really not, it's definitely not going to land, especially through a camera. And so that's kind of been a little bit helpful for me. The other muscle I've had to develop, um, you know, in response to COVID and just speaking into a camera is the ability to try to forget that I'm talking to a camera and imagine people watching me talk on their device and like just sort of solidify that bridge in my head. And so then I'm able to kind of talk more authentically and directly because, because it is, it's a removed situation. But I mean, I will say I, I can't wait for this all to be over because mm -hmm. it's definitely not as good as being in person. So yeah, it's kind of a duct tape, you know, solution to the realities that we're facing right now. Yes, no, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. So anybody that wants to enhance their public speaking skills today and that is listening to this, what would you recommend for them to focus on for, or for them to do? Yeah, that's that's great. And and that that being said, kind of responding to the last question, just because we're in a pandemic does not mean your development as a communicator needs to stop. There are many things that you can be doing behind the scenes, um, but also actively engaging your skills to really develop as a communicator. So a side note is you definitely should be reading up on this. Like you need to be a student of communication. And that means reading important books. That means listening to dynamic speakers and becoming critical, not in a negative sense, but what are they doing that is working? Why am I laughing? Why am I engaged? Um, you know, the, you need to have sort of that posture. Um, and that certainly is not inhibited during this, you know, pandemic season. Another thing that I would say is you need to jump at every opportunity jump at every opportunity, even if it's, you know, my kids, I, I, I tell stories to my kids before they go to bed, like whatever the opportunity is, it's like, how can I communicate in an engaging way, in a clear way? How can I take somebody on a journey? Um, you know, don't be, you know, uh, uh, discouraged by the size of the audience. Every opportunity is gold, especially as you're, um, and that, you know, I kind of appealing, uh, back to my journey. When I had that opportunity to speak to junior high students uh, two times, you know, they, it was junior high and high school two times a week. I mean, these are rambunctious, wild kids. It is, you know, not only thrown to the deep end, it's blood in the water with sharks swimming around. I mean, that was that environment, but it was so formative. It was so crucial. And um, so whatever your version of that is, jump at every opportunity. Um, I also would say this, um, and this is hard, but this is the reality. Uh, you need to develop thick skin. 
you need to develop thick skin. If you can't hear from someone uh, negative feedback about your speaking ability, you're going to become the lid of your own speaking ability. You need to have people in your life that'll highlight your strengths so that you can lean into that more, but also be like, hey, you, you say um a lot, or you walk, you pace back and forth too much, or it looks like you're reading from your notes or whatever that is, that you have to change your perspective to that becoming gold and have thick enough skin to be able to receive that stuff. And kind of going off of that, I would encourage you, uh, this is a painful thing, everyone hates it, but everyone needs to do it. Uh, you need to watch yourself. You need to record or listen, whether it's video or audio, and you need to listen to yourself because there's just something different about when you're on stage, your perception of how you're coming across is very different than what is actually happening. And so being able to sort of fight through, you'll get used to it, but you'll also see your own issues and, and you're going to be better uh, because of it. And, you know, the last thing that I would say about how to, you know, just kind of work your communication, and this happens over time is to really learn your own voice. There's a balance here because on one hand, you need to learn from great speakers, but you shouldn't intimidate, uh, imitate them. Uh, you shouldn't try to have a posture of like, oh, well, they said this this way, and so I'm gonna sort of mirror or mimic what they've done. The goal is to see the principle at play and say, how does that get communicated through my unique voice as a speaker? And I think over time, you, you start to learn like, oh, this was really resonating. Or when I did this, people were really impacted by this. And you sort of lean into that more and more, like become your own speaker. Don't try to become someone else. So those are some quick thoughts that I would say of like how you can work. And a lot of those things are applicable even now in the midst of pandemic world. Yeah, well, thank you, Alex. Many of those resonated with me. And I know our listeners can't see, but Greg and I are nodding as, we, yes, um, as we're listening to each one of those points. So thank you. That's great. I mean, yeah. A lot of powerful information there, Alex. And, and uh, you know, especially, you know, you started off with the information about empathy. I mean, I think uh, relating to the audience, that's powerful. And, and anybody that's listening to this right now, I've always gone back to that. It's not what you tell them. It's the way you make them feel right. And that empathy is a huge part of it. And you touched on that right away. That's really powerful. And, and also, you know, the idea of getting your reps in, I mean, even though you didn't really officially have any kind of academic training or your vocational training, you got those reps in and you, you were smart in that you come up with a methodology, which I really like. And I think I'm going to actually have to steal some of those ideas from my own speeches. Um, for the future because that really fits in well. I, I think a lot of people struggle that give one presentations, they, they figure out they, they have to memorize it, but that's not the best way to do it because you really want it to be conversational, but you'll forget things. That's my struggle always. So I have this method that I use where I, I visualize a particular place in my house and then I put a sentence and I put some type of uh, outrageous uh, emphasis of that sentence there. So like if it, the cat was on the wall, I would say I would just make a picture of a giant cat and that'll be on my refrigerator. And then mentally I can use, I can go from space to space to space in my house to remember all that, but yours is easier because you can just have it right in front of you. So I don't, you made it even easier. So Well, and I would just want to add one thing, you know, uh, th this actually comes from communicating for a change. I, I do use an outline of information. And so even if I didn't have my notes, I have it in my head because, and this is how it goes. So the, the phrase is me, we, God, you, we. And this is, of course, specifically for a sermon, but it's me. So what is true of me? So I'm talking about myself. I'm not coming out with my finger pointed. Me and then we, how can everyone relate with this thing? 
God, this is the thing that God would want to say, but for public speaking, if you're not a Christian, this could be your information, your main idea, the thing you're trying to get across. So me, we, God, you, let me be clear. This is what I'm challenging you to do about it. And then the last one is we. So me, we, God, you, we, now it's vision. How different would the world be if we all did this thing? So I have these five movements. And even though it's in my notes, I sort of have this breakdown of here's where I'm going. Here's the journey that I'm taking people on. And that's not the only structure, but it's a structure that, you know, certainly works for me. That's very good. And, you know, Toastmasters, they do a thing of, you know, tell them what you tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. And then in the inner, inner part of that, it's like, make a point, tell a story, make a point, tell a story. Now you've added a whole another element to that for everybody that's listening. Now, this is really golden stuff there. Um, Alex, yes, it is. If, if, you know, if people want to reach out to you, and you know, if you're looking to, you know, uh, get people involved in anything that you're working on, how can they reach you? What, what you know, what, what kind of, uh, you know, places would they be able to contact you at? Yeah, yeah. So I'm on, you know, all social media. So I'm at Alex Wickle. That's two L's, W-I-C-K-E-L-L. Um, uh, at Alex Wickle. I'm on Twitter, Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. Um, but also, you know, my information is on our church's website, brch.org. Um, so I would love to connect if anybody has specific questions or needs some help, or if you have a talk that you'd like some, you know, feedback on, all those kinds of things. Like, I, I would love to help however I could. Excellent. Well, thank you again for doing this with us today. I, I, again, I'm just amazed at the information here. This, if you're listening to this, you just got like a masterclass in public speaking, some really, really good tidbits here that this, I'll, I'll tell you, it'll take you from soup to nuts. If you've never spoke before and you're looking to get into it, do your reps, get some good studies behind you. And you've got a great format and background here of how to speak. And it's really just about doing it. Now. Thank you so much for coming today. Uh, thanks, Melinda. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Hey, we hope you found this useful for your own personal growth. We're so glad that you decided to join us today. And if you want to learn more about Epic Communicators or just generally improve your communication and leadership and public speaking skills, head on over to Epic Communicators on Facebook. We've got loads of content that you don't want to miss. Talk to you soon. Oh, 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 oh,